It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmertown. On election night and deep into Wednesday morning, we noticed something that we have not seen in almost 30 years. All these reliable blue Democratic counties in the Midwest, upper Midwest, they suddenly were turning red. And we wondered why. On the morning after Donald Trump's stunning run for the White House, he sent out, as he often has, a tweet about his message for America. And it reads the following. Such a beautiful and important evening, the forgotten man and woman will never be forgotten again. We will all come together as never before, end quote. The forgotten man is a phrase that comes from the title of a book written by my guest today. And I want to say a big welcome to the author, Amity Schlaes. Amity, thank you for your time. Thank you, Bill. It has been written the following. Who is the forgotten man? He is the man who pays, the man who prays, the man who is never thought of, end quote. Who is that person in 2016 America? That phrase comes from a philosopher a hundred years ago, William Graham Sumner, but it certainly applies to today. So when we think of the forgotten men of 2016, one would be someone who lost a job and did not find a new one or found an insufficient one. Another would be a forgotten family who did not see wages go up. Another might be a doctor who wants to serve his patients, but instead is wrecked by bureaucracy. Hmm. You used that as the title of your book, The Forgotten Man. It's considered a new history of the Great Depression. Put that story and that book into a sentence or two. Oh, sure. The government made it worse in the Great Depression. The government prolonged unemployment and slowed recovery. That's one sentence. Mm-hmm. Regarding the forgotten man, this Professor Sumner said, spoke of the forgotten man all along, the one who's supporting the government project. But Franklin Roosevelt had an opposing forgotten man, so imagine two forgotten men du- dueling. Roosevelt spoke of the poor man, as he put it, the man at the bottom of the economic pyramid. So maybe the homeless man, the man in the tent who's a worthy man, and Roosevelt wanted to help that forgotten man. Sumner was wary of big projects, even for poor people, because they might cause a lot of trouble and sorrow for the regular person who was his forgotten man, maybe the taxpayer. Mm -hmm. So when you do something for a specific group, somebody else pays for it. There is no free lunch there. So the the question is, is uh, is what you do for a specific group always worth it? And what we have today is a lot of specific groups clamoring. And the better economic result is when you serve Sumner's forgotten man, the everyone, rather than a specific group. Why do you think Trump used that phrase in the final week? Oh, it sounds good. Uh, I don't know. It's a meme in American history in the 19th century. The silent majority goes with this. The silent majority were the dead in the graveyard. And the the forgotten man is a great metaphor in sports. 
too. Um, yeah. But Trump used it particularly because a lot of voters clearly felt disenfranchised. Yeah. That's the reason Trump won the nomination. You, the you know, the, the opening story in your book is impossible to overlook and forget, I think, frankly. And you describe a family in Brooklyn, New York, on hard times, and their 13-year-old son hangs himself. And apparently from the depressive and difficult economic times for his family. And you point out something similar to the following. If you thought this was 1929 at the depths of the Great Depression, you'd be wrong. It was actually 1937, eight years later. That is correct. What made the Depression great for our grandparents? It wasn't what happened. Everyone lost a job. It was the duration of the job loss. Everyone lost a job and didn't get one for 10 years. The stock market went down and didn't come back for more than 20 years to the level it was at in 29. The um, general environment was unfriendly to the entrepreneur. People lost hope. That's duration. So, and what I looked at in The Forgotten Man, and this has some economics in it, is the economics the government practiced were arbitrary and often wrong. So we didn't get a recovery. Another writer, Benjamin Anderson, a great economist, said, well, the the last troubles of the past eight, ten years are due to the government playing God. But we are far from a Great Depression, Amity. I mean, is that... Is that an apt comparison? It is an apt comparison in one way. We are far from a Great Depression. But it's an apt comparison in that the voter feels hopeless about or lacking in hope, let's say that, about his own personal economic future, about the possibility for him or her to make it. Americans have less confidence in their ability to make it to uh, than they have had in I see. the past. I, I understand that point. You have critics, Paul Krugman, the economist, writer at the New York Times. They would suggest that your numbers are misleading. They would suggest FDR's policies for bigger government were not wrong. Some suggest that his stimulus wasn't big enough. Is it a method of cherry-picking numbers and trying to build a story, Amity? Oh, no. The data points I use are from the federal government. So the, what we see is the, the unemployment goes to 15 16% in the 30s. So supposing you wanted to use, for example, Professor Krugman's data points, he has unemployment at 13% or 12%. So that's the difference. If we had 12% unemployment today, we have around five or less, right? Uh, we would be awfully down. The difference between Professor Krugman's data and my data, which are the government is but the difference between terrible and awful. Uh, so, so it's kind of uh, more of a personal thing, I guess, to, to try to prove someone's inaccurate without demonstrating how. Yeah. Um, take Tuesday afternoon, November 8th. Um, Reuters published a poll at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It said the greater majority of Americans, 57%, feel the following. They feel more and more they do not identify with what America has become. Does that fit your understanding of where we are now as a country when you talk about these people? Very, very much so. So what happened in the era of Roosevelt was the government gave to specific groups, starting with the poor men, things that were important to our grandparents, such as soup, a short-term job. Then he moved to senior citizens, and he gave them the ultimate gift, which was Social Security. He rewarded labor through the Wagner Act, a very strong pro-union act. The the law we have today, Taft-Hartley, is a little pussy care cat compared to that tiger. And so and he did it systematically, and the groups were grateful. And Roosevelt 
won in a landslide. These things, gifts to groups, work politically. But what they didn't do was bring the recovery. So now we have many, many groups that are rewarded. The Democrat and also the Republican Party since then has taken up the Roosevelt Way and rewards groups child credit, right? So so, uh, that sounds nice, but it isn't good for the general recovery because humans don't exactly know where recovery comes from or what business will arise. No one knew we would be energy independent now or that we would have an energy renaissance. What you do for the true forgotten man is create the arena where he can play and invent and create, including jobs, for those less able than he. I um, have a job on election night where I operate what's called the billboard. And so I I have to be familiar with all the counties and all the battleground states and all the regions and get familiar with the demographics and do a real-time interpretation of all the data that comes to us at lightning speed and what unfolds in front of us. And there is a northeastern part of Ohio. Um, It's called Trumbull County. It's along the Pennsylvania border. It's deep Democratic blue. It's steel. It's coal. It's blue collar. It's where you find manufacturing jobs that have fled overseas. In 2008, Barack Obama won the county with 61.5% of the vote. And in 2012, he won the county with 61.5% of the vote. No change. Same number. This year, Donald Trump won at 51.44. And so I, I think about places like Trumbull County, and I wonder if that is where you're taking this argument about where you find forgotten men and women today. And I would say, based on listening to you, this is a place where you would point to. Absolutely. And that is the wisdom of the forgotten man. He lost his job because of a factory overseas. But that does not mean he will gain his next job through protectionism, necessarily, or through economic redistribution, which is what the Democratic Party offers. You know, mm. somehow give you more money by t- taking it from someone else. He, he, what he, he probably needs is a market that creates jobs one his sons can get and maybe or his daughters and maybe he can get too but they're not necessarily the jobs he imagined that's hard for the human but humans know that i mean uh, we have a large immigrant population in the united states every immigrant who came here on the boat or on the plane knows that he had to give up something because he might not ever be as respected as a professional as he was at home that he is a human bridge but that therefore his children will have more and his grandchildren and uh, that is that's a human condition that's transitioning then Right, and and that it, it, clear. Even if we built the wall, and um, even if we had Smoot-Hawley, which was the giant protectionist act um, preceding the Great Depression, that man might or woman in Trumbull County might still not get his job back because money has a way of moving around walls and and tariffs. In fact, you know, when when President-elect Trump is thinking about tariffs, it's important for him to recall, and I know his advisors are talking about the Smoot-Hawley tariff, which was in 1930 to protect workers in a downtime. It did not reduce unemployment. Indeed, the Smoot-Hawley tariff, a big tariff put through, increased unemployment because trade went down. Tariffs don't create jobs net and certainly not over time that that's an argument against regulation yes yeah what what do you also protection doesn't really work uh over time it might work in a snapshot what do you think trump's policies 
or how will his policies address the forgotten man in 2017, starting in January? Well, uh, Mr. Trump has a pretty good tax plan in the sense that business likes it, and not just because it's big business, that would be a group, but because it likes anyone who's entrepreneurial likes the idea of lower and more stable taxes then he won't have to worry, and he or she can create companies which create jobs. There's also something Mr. Trump has that's very important to all in the economy, including that doctor I mentioned before. He's going to be less inclined to regulate and to have write executive orders that regulate, it appears, we're in a regulatory recession, even if we have growth. We could be growing double if there were not so much regulation. The amount of regulation now is greater than the amount of regulation in the New Deal, mm. in the high point of government, just because it's accrued uh, over time. And that's not just in the financial sector. Of course, that's in healthcare too. And that slows everything up. Uh, think about it. A good metaphor is the airport. You used to go to the airport, and uh, like O.J. Simpson, you'd hop, rent a car when you landed, and you'd hop over a few barriers and go to the plane, and someone would come with you and wave you off. Now going to the airport is is a siege, and you know your shoes off and all that. And do you have a special pass? Are you in a special class? Easy pass or you know the equivalent? TSA um, pre-check. It, it, for a check-in, and uh, and then everyone's worried he's not as special as someone else, and there's nothing democratic or enjoyable about it. If Imagine if you removed all those barriers. We're not talking about defense and terror here. We're talking about in the economy. Everyone would love the airport and go all the time. It certainly is slow travel that people have to go through uh, all those all those hoops. But th- um, there, is, the there has to be a security consideration for that, too, then. Right. That's why this metaphor is only a metaphor. Yeah. It, but but it, that is what the economy feels like generally, especially in the areas where the security is not the issue. I've been arguing this week that the government has found itself to be calcified, like you've got a lot of rust sitting on the gears of government right now. And that's it's shown in the form of government paralysis. And now you wait to see whether or not Trump can change that or get it moving again. Um, if you talk to his supporters, they were not surprised that he won. Were you? Of course. Of course. But that's, that's uh, you know, we're all look at poll data. Uh, so, I, of course, I was surprised. I think, I think a lot of it, it re- resembles the election of 1980 in that some people made their mind up at the last minute. And they may have voted more against someone than more for someone. All right, people voted against Ronald Reagan's opponent, but they got Ronald Reagan, and he turned out to be good for the economy. That Trumbull County saw this is is very important, that we needed a change, that uh, maybe the person isn't the right person, or maybe he is because he speaks more bluntly, but change is necessary, and uh, voted for a party that's less the party of of the labor union. That's really interesting, Mm -hmm. and that is what, what carried Reagan. Really appreciate your time today. Uh, I'm thank you. to be on your radio show. Uh, thank you. Amity Schley is the author of The Forgotten Man. Thank you for today, and we will see what we get in the new year. Thank you, Bill. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.